Welcome to Memorcast number 65. It is November 11th, actually, 2012. It has been roughly about a month since, since our last show. These shows are now about monthly. And we've got, of course, a ton of news, ton of reviews, and a ton of, um, I think, a healthy debate this show. So stay tuned. So we are back for November. Michael, how are you doing? Good, Gabe. Uh, I just want to say uh, happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans that have served and are serving out there. That is that is very true. It's an often overlooked holiday. Very true. But, uh, but yeah, it definitely is. Um, so we've got we've got a lot of show here, um, and we've got a lot of reviews to talk about as well. Or a few. Yeah, a few things, and uh, you know big storms in the way of everything usually so yeah yeah definitely well we've got <clears throat> we've got the i think first and foremost you know we have had um a couple of five series reviews that are i think are probably worth worth talking about you of course drove the i would only assume wonderful m550 yeah the m550d is um it's actually my favorite car in the lineup right now if I was able to change out the brakes. So it's the M550DX, right? Is that the official? Uh, they, no, I just badge it as an M550D, and okay. the X-Drive, I believe, is on the front. Oh, on the side front, of it. Front sides. And actually, I think X-Drive badging now, Gabe, is actually going to be moved to the back of the car. Uh, uh, the back left, from what I remember. Yeah, it's going somewhere in the back of the car now because they realize that nobody looks at the sides of the car. Right, right. Well, that does make sense. So it's a car that the U.S. is not going to be getting. We know that we are not going to be getting the triple turbo diesel um, anytime soon. So, you know, with all that said, Michael, please make us feel absolutely jealous. Well, the, the big selling point of this car is that it gets fuel economy and it's powerful and it doesn't have like a, a lot of added weight for an extra drivetrain and batteries in the back and um yeah, no, it's fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I mean, you you mash the pedal to the floor, and it just it it literally sets you back in the seat, almost, you know, like an actual full-on M5. To be honest with you, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But then you get thirty-two and a half miles to the gallon. <laughs> it's that's, in, just, that's incredible. Is that US yeah. or is that EU? Uh, no, US. Full full calculated. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So um, all-wheel drive too. Gabe. The the difference here though is. I mean, a lot of differences between this and the M5. So I recently had an M5 in the in the garage for a week, um, which I'll talk about in a second. But the M5 is, is of course, eighty percent all new parts. the The performance line, specifically the M550, much less so. Yeah, if you take away the engine, it's pretty much like thirty percent of you know the chassis has been changed, and there's M tweaks here and there. So it's, it's not it's not anywhere near as mm-hmm. Uh, racetrack oriented or you know full-on performance oriented as a as an m5 but um mm-hmm. for for people that are into sportier cars and they want a little bit more power but they don't want to give up things like all-wheel drive and and they don't want to give up you know diesel 
Right. It's brilliant. I mean, from from what I was told, rumor mill is, you know, uh, how, how these M diesels actually came to being wasn't in some focus group. It was actually that one of the executives at BMW M wanted to go to Kitzbühel to go skiing from, from Munich and didn't really want to take in at, you know, the X5M because he'd have to fill up twice basically before he got there. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the idea of a performance diesel uh, was sort of hatched, if you will. And we've seen other performance diesels before. I mean, you know, you could call the 335D um, a performance diesel sedan, certainly. But this is, this is different. I mean, so M has had their way with the car to the, to the, uh, to the tune of some, some chassis changes, but this isn't, a bespoke suspension. This isn't a, you know, uh, there aren't body panels that are different on this car. Um, you know, there isn't uh, enormous weight savings you see on some of the uh, the M products. No, there's not really any of the M weight savings at all. Um, the, the suspension on this car is is uh, a first outside of a full-on M because it's actually a lowered suspension for an all-wheel drive vehicle. So it's a vehicle with X-Drive, for, you know, that is actually lowered, and it's the first sedan that BMW has actually done that on. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. And it's something I hope they continue. I mean, not, not, not to bring up the competition, but I mean, Audi's been making cars with lowered suspensions since God knows how long. And, uh, BMW's finally getting around to doing it. Lowered all wheel drive suspensions is such a funny thing for BMW to even engage with because I mean, for the longest time, they just didn't seem to care. You know, they just said, listen, you're, you're sort of, you're clearly not interested in, you know, anything sporting if you're going all wheel drive. So we're not even going to try that hard to give you a lowered suspension in this car. And you had, you know, three series X drives that rode, and they looked like they rode two inches higher. Yeah, they looked like monster trucks. Yeah, they did. And, you know, and, and, and it, it it's a shame. I mean, now, of course, you look at, I mean, I look at, uh, of course, every five series in Chicago is X drive. I don't even see any full stop that aren't. And it sort of looks normal at this point. Yeah, no, And, you know, not to jump topic, but we'll get to the X drive and how it actually is impacting sales. I think later on in the show, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of eye opening how m- many people really want all wheel drive. And this M product is all wheel drive. I mean, it's you know it's it is what it is. But um, the only fault I found with the car, honestly, is uh, is the brakes. It's the same braking system as on the 550i that the US sees, and um, it's it gets a little gnarly when you're up at autobahn speeds with this thing. It really, it really does when you're trying to, you know, come down quick. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't get down as quick as you want, and uh, it's not necessarily the car, like the the actual chassis. It's more of the weight and the size of the the thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the five series is big, it's heavy, and it's way overweight if you ask me. And I think yeah. that's really what the problem is. It's a big car, uh, no question about it. I mean, what is you know offhand what the five fifty, the M five fifty weighs. No, I, I don't unfortunately have the number right in front of me. I mean, it's it's of course you know well well into the four thousand range. Um, oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt, and it's a little bit heavier if I serves me correctly uh, than the five fifty. So, so I had a uh, in, of course uh, another five series experience, if you will. Um, I had the M five for a week and and you know my my take on the m5 this is the first time in fact michael you have you have driven and reviewed the car twice on bimmer file this is my first time actually getting behind the wheel of the new of the new m5 and man i gotta say um it, it's it's of course a great car i mean you know no question about it but that engine as much as i 
have enjoyed that engine in the um, the uh, SAVs. It's just it seems built for that car. It seems perfectly, perfectly designed and tailored for the the idea of an executive sports sedan. Yeah, I mean, with the upgrades that scene, that the motor is just it's great. It's a good time. It truly is a good time. Well, uh, and the, so here's the thing: I can't I can't sell the uh, manual though. I, I still can't. I mean, I love it, but I can't sell it. So you you mean you can't you can't talk people into it? You can't like actually like. No, I can't. I can't. So you read, I mean, you, you read my review. I mean, my take here, and then I did have a manual uh, M5. It was something that I'd, I'd hoped that we could sort of finagle, and, and we did. And, you know, the the um, the SMG was about, um, was a single clutch system. It was an interesting experience, whereas the manual in the E60, uh, as much as it was flawed until the very, very end with electronic issues, felt great. That, that car just felt fantastic. The engine revved so, so quickly. Like, you had to be engaged. It was just a great experience. And and the new M5 had such an incredibly wide torque band. I mean, so much torque. The car is so heavy that it doesn't really, on paper, feel like a car, seem like a car that really requires or deserves a manual transmission. Gabe, and that was my argument way before they even decided to build the thing. And people told me it was nuts. So here's where I am going to disagree with what I just said because <clears throat> the the thing and you and you said it yourself, you know the thing about this new M5 with the manual, the thing about the new M5 in general, I think is it performance and 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 speed are so easy in this car that I think inherently, and it's sort of that GTR effect, if you will, inherently. Just speed it is so easy that you seem. And this is this is for me at least. I feel removed from the experience a little bit. You know, the car is cocooning. The car is big, and I think the link with the manual transmission, the link to the drivetrain, is is back. It's back just enough for me to feel fully engaged. I would agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think it, it's a lot of fun with it, but I think that the main people person of buying this car needs an automatic DCT. Uh, I think you're right. Because now that you've driven this car, Gabe, on the street and dealing with traffic and all the nonsense of how light the clutch really is, yeah. how much torque the thing puts out, I don't know how much fun that is in day-to-day -day commuting or with you know a client in the back seat or you know just like say two years from now on the clutch disc. So here's here's my take on that, and 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 we can move on. The um, I did drive it. You know, I commuted from the North Shore of Chicago um, to downtown, which is exactly where this car is going to be driven. I might add in Chicago for those who know it. Um, I d actually got off of a plane and took it into the city for uh, a client meeting with clients in the back, mind you. Um, so it was like very much a you know like this is how an M5 should be should be treated. The the manual I, I loved it. I loved the experience. Now, I didn't love the clutch. The, the The lightness of the clutch is clearly wrong. It's clearly off. It does not it's sort of, you know, it does not give you the confidence that a well-weighted clutch would give you. Your your take-up point, you're not totally sure right away. Um, you get the hang of it pretty quickly. I've driven worse BMW clutches. I've driven worse BMWs with, with lighter clutches and, and just, generally speaking, vague clutches. Um, not near as bad as the Countryman, by the way, which they many just recently um, fixed. But it, it is surprising. I mean, why, how in God's name could M sign off on that clutch? 
Well, I don't know necessarily if they did because it's a single market car. Right. And, uh, you know, did M design that or was that done by BMW NA Engineering and M just ran some tests? I don't know. It's a, it's a great, I wondered that myself. It's a great question. Now, here, here's the big question, Michael. I, I'll start off since I think you'll, I'll give you the final say on this. Uh, would I, if I had $107,000 to throw down on a four-door car, which I know will depreciate terribly, um, <laughs> you know, wh- wh- which one would I get? <laughs> um, and if you think I'm, I'm joking, I'm not just look at eBay. It's, yeah, it's if you listen that yeah. night, you can hear him fives drop in value. But my point is, um, I, I'd, I'd go for the manual. You'd go for the manual. I would. And, and here's why we will not have a chance next generation. This is our last chance as far as I'm concerned to actually order an M5 with a manual. This is my last opportunity as a theoretical buyer of a $107,000 four-door sedan to, to, to actually check the box that gives me total control over the drivetrain. And I want that maybe one more time. Okay, so now I'm going to pose a different question and completely jump off the deep end here. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. You have $107,000. You're going to buy a vehicle. You want four doors. If you could buy a CRT but it's not a manual, would you do it? I think it's, it, it, so that, so here we, here's the question. So an M5 delivers me and my clients in luxury, a CRT will freak them out. It's true. That's my, that's, so that's the thing. So if I'm buying it for myself, it's a CRT. It's an M3 CRT, hands down. If I'm buying it for myself, my family, anybody else I have to lug around, then the M5 is, is the answer in my, in my book. Okay. Then where does the Grand Coupe M6 fit in? So that's a good question. So the Grand Coupe, the Grand Coupe, um, that car, I, I cannot believe it will not steal M5 sales to some degree. It's a beautiful, beautiful car. Like just for, first and foremost, it's just gorgeous. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's lighter than the M5. Theoretically, it will be if we know the you know anything about the the six grand coupe versus the five series. It looks the part inside and out. It's just gorgeous, and it's different. It's new. People love new. Yeah, and it's about. I bet it's going to be close to thirty grand more. <clears throat> really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, it no, it be, should be less because uh, it's most it's expensive BMW offered in. Um, I thought it was less than the uh, six series, the regular six series. No, not this M6 Grand Coupe. No, really. No, it's going to be more. Yeah. Uh-uh. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be more than the, the six series coupe. Really, the, more than the M6. Yeah, this is going to be like the pinnacle of the M line. Well, let's hope there's something interesting happening with that car. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it will. It I was think released, it's... you know, to a private event here in. Uh, Germany at the 40th anniversary of M. A uh, few few pictures leaked out from the event, and uh, I mean the the only surprise really gave was the design of the wheels, mm-hmm. which we had really already seen on a lift about a month ago. So right, right. So yeah, not a lot of surprises. I I think it's gorgeous. I mean, so that so that's the question, Michael. So you know, would I spend extra for that car knowing that I, I, you know, if I need four doors or four seats, it's, it's every so often. Yeah, I probably would. I'd probably buy that. Yeah. I would probably recommend that too. I think they just look amazing. Yeah, they really do. 
They're a little long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's a big. It's a big car. Big beefy car. Yeah. yeah. No, without question. So let's move on from the big, um, the, uh, the the big BMWs, if you will, and let's talk about. I think, and, and I mean, I gotta be honest with you. And this isn't necessarily new news, but it's awesome to start to see this happening. Diesels. We're actually going to see diesels in the U.S. market, and it will be more than one. You know, it kills all my fun, actually, Gabe, because I was over here in Germany, living it up, being able to drive diesels that couldn't drive in the United States. And now there's going to be a three three series sedan, a wagon, a five series with a diesel, an X five with a diesel, seven series with a diesel, X three with a diesel, X three with a diesel. So ruins my, my fun. Ruins my fun, Gabe. Ruins well, it. so let's talk about this though, because I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily ruin all your fun. You do get that wonderful M five fifty D, but. We have six. Well, that'll be the next release we see. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so we have six different vehicles here. <clears throat> we have six different vehicles that will get diesel engines in the United States. So what are they getting? That's the big question. Of course, previously, we got the twin turbo three liter diesel in the 335D and the X535D. It was very successful in the X535D. Uh, accounted for, I mean, at times, I'd heard as much as 40% of, of sales at certain port parts of, of its um, uh, life cycle. The 335D, not so much. Not so much, no. The, you know, as they say, the, the diesels were selling well in the bigger, heavier vehicle, you know, the mm -hmm. X5. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, in, in the X5, the, the diesel was just, it was perfect. It, it was a home. It, really it, was. it was. It was right. It was you really, never felt right the in that need. You I never... loved the 335D, mm -hmm. but it was overkill on many levels. I mean, it, it seriously was way too much power for 90% of the human population in a regular car, you know, without a limited slip diff. So with, much torque. Yeah. It, it was just, yeah, I mean, you spin the tires all day long in that thing. You know, that said, is there ever too much power? That's that's the question. Well, I'm not going to go there because, you know, there's this car called the GP from Mini that just apparently doesn't have enough power. Okay, so well, let's talk about that in a second, actually. So, <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> so, let's let's talk about what these cars are going to be getting. I'll put my, my money down on, on a few here. So, there's a 2-liter four-cylinder. We know that it is coming to the U.S. It's going to have around 180 horsepower, 280 foot-pound of torque with... Yep. A, an automatic, the eight-speed automatic, as the only transmission. Um, that's what we know so far. So yeah, they're they're not going to offer this in a manual. No, honestly. I mean the the take rate would be so low, and the the money spent to make it, you know, to to, to actually get it um, homologated. It would well, really. Well, I mean, Gabe, not for nothing. People that want a diesel um, with a manual obviously have not really driven a diesel. True, and and that's and that's actually a really good point. I mean. The people don't. It's, it's, it's not great time driving a diesel with a manual. I have one. It's I, honestly eight speed. Next time. Yeah, it's shift. Guaranteed. Shift. Yeah. Shift. Shift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, I think it's fair. Fair point. But I think the the key thing here is that this is a two liter four cylinder. It's going to have more uh, more torque than the the N twenty. Of course, um, less horsepower by by a fair amount here. Uh, it looks like sixty less horsepower. But it will have significant MPG improvements over the N20, which is already... Oh, yeah, they're going to gear the heck out of this thing. Yeah, which is already an efficient car. So you've got that as one choice. The other choice of engines is the three-liter six-cylinder. This, of course, will be turbocharged, um, as the two-liter will, I would 
absolutely expect. It will have 255 horsepower torque, uh, still working that out, and uh, also only come as a automatic. This will see significant uh, miles per gallon improvements over the 35D engine as well. So clearly BMW is going towards the efficiency route with these next diesels. Yeah, I think they've kind of... Uh kind of woken up a little bit and looked at what some of the competition is doing mm -hmm. because they're they're selling actually at a pretty good clip. And if you look at um, the diesel market share, how it's actually increasing, like the growth projection for diesel is significant yeah. and it's actually more than hybrid right now. Well, when you've got Chevrolet so coming out with a diesel. That's what big surprise is to everyone, but it's nothing we haven't been saying for years, Gabe. No, absolutely not. And when you've got Chevrolet coming out with a diesel in the, in the cruise for the U.S. market, I mean, I think it's right for BMW to take notice and, and, and really want to do something different. And you know they have. I mean, you and I both know the folks at BMW North America, and you know they've, they've, they've wanted to do this for a while. Um, and they finally they finally are. And I think the folks in marketing at BMW North America are also very excited about this. I mean, they feel, as we do, that there is a great story here to tell the American public about diesels. Yeah, and, I, you know, to be honest with you, Gabe, a lot of these en the engineers that over the last few years have been working on this stuff um, kind of questioned a lot of the R&D into the hybrids because the, you know the way they look at it is it's simpler to build a, a diesel engine no matter how complicated that diesel engine is it's still simpler building a petrol engine with a hybrid drivetrain yeah absolutely no and, and at the end of the day I mean this is an engine this is a car this is a drivetrain that's going to be more efficient on highways, which is really when you think about how Americans drive outside of the, the major inner cities. I mean, people drive on the highways. We commute via highway often. And we have long stretches of road between our cities. Diesels tend to make more sense for the U.S. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the American driver likes the stoplight drag racing and the feel of being <laughs> pushed in the seat, which we you know torque helps with that. So, mm -hmm. hey, torque, diesels, good time. So here's my here's my uh, my bets. I believe we're going to see the two the two liter four cylinder in the three series sedan and the three series wagon. Which, by the way, oh my God, we're finally getting a diesel wagon. And then finally, we're going to see it in the X three. That's that is my guess. Then yep. we're going to see the three liter in the five series X five and the seven series. I actually think they might offer the five series with both configurations. That would be cool. That would that would be and. Five, Gabe, six engines in a five series in the United States. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. The other thing, too, is is people are actually getting a product that they've requested, the three series wagon. With yeah. Diesel. Yeah. So if it does not sell and BMW has to take it out of the market, it is nobody's fault but the people that wanted it and didn't purchase it. That's all I have to say. So let's. So <laughs> I think I think we need to say that basically over and over again for the next five years as, as we review this car and we talk about it because it's really a good point. The wagon the wagon is going to make so much more sense than the X3. It's going to make so much more sense than the X1. And if, and if people don't buy it, then you're absolutely right. There's, there should be no excuses uh, for anybody. There should be no complaints. It's just the, the, real, the reality of the market. So the diesels are coming. We expect to see... Um, the the first fruits of that uh really be late next year from what we understand yeah the three series sedan should be 
Uh, oh, actually, first half of 2013. March production, so May, June, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And then the, the diesel wagon should be second half of 2013 uh, with the 5 Series diesel as well, uh, second half of, of 13. Um, the X5 diesel, probably the end of 2013. And is that, do you think that that should be the next generation X5, I would think? Yes, it would be. Yeah. They're not going to just change it out for one. Right. And that was my assumption. Uh, The 7 Series diesel, we're going to see actually uh, about a year from this winter. So 2014. And the X3 diesel, about the same, which would be a nice time to coincide with maybe a facelift for the X3. Yeah, should be perfect. Yeah. Should be perfect. The interesting thing to see, though, is with the, the 5 Series. Because uh, the five series is due for its facelift too, so um, oh, interesting. That's it, actually so. Tell me, am I crazy? Did the five series is the facelift happening sooner than it normally does? No, the car is just that old already. <laughs> interesting, because it's one thing, and I think this is going to segue well into what we wanted to talk about. What you mentioned earlier, the five series is not selling. No, it's not. And and I, it's a handsome car, but it's also a big car. And there aren't a lot of uh, really not a lot of incentives right now, and I think additionally the way that the option structure has been created in these cars, it's not you kind of have to make it pretty expensive. Yeah, you have to make it kind of expensive. It's bigger, so by nature it's more expensive. Um, and you know the other thing too is is people are starting to be actually more into fuel economy. Sounds weird, but people are actually looking at fuel economy, and it's good. But there are other cars that are a little bit better out there that are cheaper too. So I mean, that's the other problem too. It's just the price point. I mean, you're competing with the CTS really in in, in pricing, and you're never going to be Cadillac's pricing. Northern incentives that car so much. So it's uh, it's difficult, and even um, Mercedes has been having ridiculous leasing and all sorts of incentives Hmm. on all their models so i mean that's dipping in there too but i think i don't know i mean the other thing too with the with the with the five series gabe we've talked about it for a while the steering isn't bmw steering it hasn't been since day one and if people are wanting to buy a car that feels the road and you get in the car and you don't feel the road you don't want the car yeah i and you're absolutely right so here's here's the thing that i think bmw has to come to grips with People are spending more money to buy a BMW, and they're doing that because they want to have a different experience. And as you said, I mean, if the car does not deliver that experience, they may not be able to articulate it, but they feel it. They, they, they don't feel it, perhaps. Yeah, and, you know, not for nothing, the, the, we've seen the F30, the, the 3 Series, go through the same kind of issue. Um, and really, with the with that though, it's the actually was the X Drive. Man, it's just crazy how well, many people wanted that car in X Drive and didn't want real world drive, and how really poorly it looked like it was selling because there was no X Drive. That's that's really interesting to me, and I, I mean, I completely concur with that. You know, again, in Chicago, I I actually have to look pretty hard to find a BMW that is not X Drive, and we don't get a ton of snow here, but. You know, people they they just expect that. You know, they 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 expect all wheel drive at that price point now. Um, whether or not they use it, like you know, of course they don't really use it that often, but they just feel like they need it. Yeah, and that's kind of I think why here in Germany we have we have the F twenty one series, the little hatch. So we got a five door hatch and a three door hatch. 
and they are now offered in X-Drive all-wheel drive. And to me, that's really just foreshadowing that for the U.S. market, they needed all-wheel drive for the coupe. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, so that's going to be interesting. You're going to have a one series coupe with all-wheel drive. <laughs> well, but you, I mean, look at the three series coupe. The three series coupe is sold in X-Drive all day long, all day long, and and I'm sure in the Northeast, I know in the Upper Midwest. I mean, uh, again, you, you you don't you don't see you see mostly X-Drive coupes now that they're available. Ridiculous. It is. I agree. I think it's absolutely insane. Why do you need all-wheel drive? Period. You know. A period uh, in in a, a city where they have snow plows and they take care of of snow. Um, or if there's too much snow, you take a day off from work. Or yeah, or because your snow tires you put on around November first. There's different tires for snow. Yes, in fact, there are. No and kidding. these tires, you can buy them, and you can maybe even buy a set of wheels, and you can just swap those yourself. They're very easy to do. Or you can have your BMW center actually store your tires for you and you can make an appointment and have them put on. Wow. And at the end of the day, when you go to sell your car, it's actually less money to have bought those tires and have them put on and off all that time and a much better driving experience. And you get better miles per gallon and you're faster and you're closer to the ground. That sounds great. And you're the envy of all your friends. We need to do like a a PSA on this. (laughs) So, um, so you, it's interesting though. I do believe I, I hold out that BMW is going to eventually catch and, and, and pass Mercedes. Uh, I think they're going to go incentive crazy. Uh, oh, they they're starting are. to roll out some yeah. serious stuff. Yeah, they already are. So look for that. If you want to buy a new BMW, mark our words, wait for December. Yep. So a couple, a couple other things to chat about. Um, the, uh, before we get into the non mini news here, what was it like, Michael, I have to ask riding in the M3 GT race car? Honestly, Gabe, I, it's hard to put into words and I usually have no difficulty like speaking about my opinion, my viewpoints, my experiences, but the ride in the actual M3 GT race car was mind boggling to me. Um, It's not even more, it's not even about like the speed of the car or the engine or anything like that. You know what? That that's fine. Whatever. The M5 has pretty much the same, if not more power than it. The M6 does as well. What it really is, is the handling and the braking. It's just like breakneck speed, they say, you know, literally breakneck speed. I mean, you're going in full on brakes. And if your head is not firmly into the back of that headrest on that seat, you lost your head. It's gone. It's it's no longer with you. It snapped off. Um, and it, it actually, I I was in the car for three laps or so, and I have the utmost respect for these guys that do this for hours mm-hmm. because yeah. it is just the physical toll it takes on your body is is amazing to me. It, it really truly is. It's just. A roller coaster times ten. Having been in a few race cars, and I'm and, and not yeah, I've not been in, I've been in race cars, and this is this yeah. Thing was just I was going to say like I've been in a lot of vintage race cars, and I I can't imagine there's there's a big difference between you know an E34 M5 from the MC years in the early '90s compared to what you you rode, and 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 you know race cars punish you because they're not designed to not punish you, they're designed to go fast, and I can only imagine what that car is like. Yeah, and then Hockenheim has like long. I was at Hockenheim, and uh, it's got long straights, so you're getting up to speed, uh, probably like 155, 160, 
and then it's a 180 degree turn. So you're hmm. full on brake and coming around literally at like four or five miles an hour to wow. go back the straight the other way. Wow. So it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty intense. It was an experience. I, um, I'm very grateful for that. And I, I thank BMW Motorsport for, for allowing me to experience that. It was something that, uh, that I will never forget. It's, that's cool. That is really cool. Well, <clears throat> speaking of something else that um, we'll never forget, I, I don't know. That's a terrible segue. <laughs> the uh, I was recently uh, I was recently in Mallorca, Spain, to drive the new JCW GP, the Mini GP, and we're talking about this. I, I'm I'm talking about it. I, I think because number one, uh, you and I both we disagree on this, but I think secondly. This this is the first mini that I believe that's starting to feel and follow a little bit more of the M ethos, and and I think it's worth mentioning and noting a little bit. So just to give you the the quick recap here, the GP is two thousand two thousand units worldwide, so quite quite uh, limited. Um, about half of the one uh, M. Just throwing that out there. Um, it's got no rear seats. So while this the weight is the same as a standard uh, Cooper S, uh, it has massive six-piston brakes. It's got the big Recaro seats. It's got a lot of different things that, that do add weight. So it's it's a, obviously a much more dedicated track car than any other Mini out there. Uh, it has, as I said, the six-piston front brakes, which are eerily similar to the 135Is. It also has a full... Fully, susp- fully adjustable coilover suspension, which is the f- a first for any North American BMW product that I know of at all. Um, it's also it's similar to the CRTs. It's similar to the GT the GTSs, the M3 GTSs. So you've got a couple key differences there. You also have more and much better aero, and finally uh, electronics in the car, which are much closer to that that you'll see on M products, which allow much more slip, which are frankly just a lot smarter. So, so like a, the dynamic mode for DSC or something right. like that. Right. And Mini has that now, but I mean, it's it's laughable compared to what's on my 1M or what you have in the M5. And the GP is at that level as far as allowing slip. Uh, and, 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 and the interesting thing is it allows slip. When it intervenes, as my 1M does, it, it, you don't, it, it's very subtle. And it does so in a way that it puts the onus on you to bring the car back into sort of, you know, to right your wrong, if you will. But beyond that, the suspension coupled with the tires, and these are very good tires, give the car a much, much more fluid feel and allow for, you know, I mean, the, the amount of speed you can carry in a corner is, is unbelievable. And it, it also, like I said, it will understeer, of course, but you, you are sort of allowed the, the, uh, the chance to bring the car back into line. Um, whereas, uh, you know, a Mini Coupe, a JCW Coupe, for instance, you're, you're going to plow through the corner, you're going to lift off, and you're going to understeer, or you're going to oversteer, actually, through it. It's a lot of fun, but it's also totally ham-fisted and ridiculous. This car is just incredibly fluid. So they put some tires in, on. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. So I I drove this car. I did I did two stints. We were only supposed to do one. I snuck in for a second, uh, and I recorded it. You'll you can see it on member file. And I thought of originally I thought it was just tires, and I, I think a lot of it cer- certainly tires are a big part of it. But the, the 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 amount of camber 
in this car, but also the way that the suspension deals with the weight distribution, I think is the key. It's the key, key difference that allows for those tires to grip incredibly. I have a, a friend here in Germany that works for a major auto publication. I, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say what auto publication this is. But he and I have been discussing this GP thing for quite some time now. And um, what they may be doing and what they're going to try to do is to get a GP and swap out the tires and to get a JCW and just basically throw the JCW, you know, switch the wheels from the JCW onto the GP and take the GP wheels and put them on the JCW. And to see how close the two cars are with the tires. And with the camber on the GP, the thought is that actually on street tires, it's going to suck really bad because those tires will get extremely greasy at those contact points. But see, the, I, know, I, I the tire hasn't been engineered for that. So without those tires, the GP actually may be slower than a JCW. I see. I, I'm not entirely convinced of that because when you look at the back of the thing and the front of the thing, like the camber isn't excessive. I mean, you look at the a mini; it's got solid negative camber. I don't think I don't think the GP has got is is that, is that aggressive. I think it's just the the actual function of the suspension more than anything. I really do, really do, and it's also lower, so you've got better center of gravity. But if if I'm able to get a full term a full term I should say week long test GP, which I may in the spring, I will do the same thing. So I will take my JCW. We will swap tires, and we will see how it drives. I'm looking forward to that, Gabe. <laughs> you have no, you have, you can't even imagine. Because I was actually contemplating getting one of these things. I seriously was. It was on my short list. And then you know, I'm just not into it because I can get an M135i for like almost the same price. Well, and I think so, that you know that, that that's that's tough. I mean, the M135 is. I haven't driven it, but for all in all accounts, I mean, your your review still it, it's sold it to so me. much more nuts in my opinion. And I mean. Yeah, I guess if I'm going to be just tracking the car, the GP would be a better fit. Mm -hmm. You know, well, if, and I if think you're going to live really the track, true. it seems perfect. The, I mean, it really does. Where the, the, mini where is, the M135i, it's good for some tracking, but it's not going to be like the main focus. The you know Mini I mean? is a f Mini. I think, just generally speaking, is incredibly fast on a track. It's it is it's so much faster than you expect, and it, the the GP, you know, it doesn't have a lot more power. It has just a little bit more power than the standard car. But the the amount of speed you're able to carry into corners, the the the, the ability to to break later than almost any other car out there. You've got a car that's, you know, it's twenty seven hundred pounds, and you've got six piston brakes up front. So, the the ability to outbreak almost anything out there is, I mean, it's pretty easy. And it, and I think above and beyond all that, as much as I I love the idea of the M one thirty five, and it, and I'm sure it's it, it probably the direction I went as well. This car is so much fun on the track. It is so eager to turn in. It's got such a quick ratio. It's just it's just sort of inherently fun. Did you drive it on the street at all? No, just on the track. Just on the track. So that's that's the uh that's the big How yeah, what what is it like not on pavement that uh it's like a baby's bottom. Well, it 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 was not. It was a pretty bad track. Uh, was it really? Yeah, uh, surprising. <laughs> it was in Spain. Oh well, it was in Spain. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know how that is. But anyway, um, no. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I'd probably go one thirty-five as well in one thirty-five. So we shall see. But um, with that said, um, the the last thing I want to mention is Michael. We have a new website. We do. We do indeed. It. I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm it, excited about it. It's a full it's, redesign. It's still a work in progress, but it's, well, 
Yeah, it's 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 a full redesign, and and I think that means it's you know it's going to take a little bit of time to to kind of get used to everything uh, for for all parties here. But I think we're really excited about it, and you know what we're trying to do is create something that feels a little bit different. I mean, this gone are the days of a quote unquote blog here. I mean, this is a publication that. Um, you know, we have features and we have other things and we want to really promote the features. And I think that the, the design really helps to do that. Yeah. And I mean, a lo- can't even imagine how much on the back end had to be changed. Um, yeah. You know, the front may not look like it was all that in depth. It really was. The back end is just, it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into details, but it, we, we appreciate all the support we've been given and uh, Wow, it's, absolutely! It's been a work in progress, and it, it will continue to be. And uh, if you have any suggestions, please, you know, feel free. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that said, thus endeth Bimmerfile, or I should say, Bimmercast sixty-five. Um, of course, we will aim to be back as soon as possible. I would suspect we'll be back in uh, about uh, two to four weeks' time. How's that? Yeah, I mean, we got a holiday break coming up, so it's yeah, that's, absolutely that's a good time too. And we've got a ton of cars, of course, coming out. We've got uh, you know the the three series GT, the X4. There's gonna be a lot of uh, of things that are gonna be popping up, as well as of course the M6 Grand Coupe, which should which should show up um, in December actually for a full internet reveal. So, so have to stay tuned for. So with that said, this is good. Cheers. And Michael Prost.